Good morning. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. It is great to have you with us on this Monday morning. And uh, we are going to have a great show for you today. Uh, we'll talk a little Hockey East with John Leahy as we uh, do on Monday mornings. Recap the uh, week of uh, weekend of Hockey East, the men's and women's action in the best college hockey conference in the country. And uh, in the second half of the show, we'll be uh, chatting with Dustin Dunbar. He is uh, the author of a book by the name of You're Doing Great and Other Lies, Alcohol Told Me. And uh, Dustin Dunbar will join us at around uh, 8.35 on this Monday morning, hope everyone had a terrific weekend in Boston. It marked the return of Marcus Smart, but not in uniform. Of course, uh, if you follow the Celtics at all, you know that Marcus Smart was dealt to the Memphis Grizzlies, which is, I think, probably, along with the Utah Jazz, the the two most uh Inappropriate. I'm just not saying inappropriate in terms of anything that's obscene or bad. It just doesn't fit. Memphis Grizzlies, they came from Vancouver. Okay, I get Vancouver Grizzlies. Memphis Grizzlies, nah. They should swap nicknames with the Utah Jazz, which I think is the second most bizarre uh, nickname in, in the world of sports. So if they just if they said the Memphis Jazz, I mean I know Memphis is famous for blues and and music, but you know even the the Memphis Jazz would be better than the Grizzlies in that particular city. And in Utah, maybe Grizzlies would be more appropriate than Jazz. I don't know, but it's never going to happen. But Marcus Smart is currently, and I I do say currently, a member of the Memphis Grizzlies. Although he is sidelined with a finger injury that's going to keep him on the sidelines for uh, several more weeks, as we understand it. But he was at the Garden last night for the first time since being traded by the Celtics. In effect, for Kristaps Porzingis, it was a complicated, convoluted trade. But generally speaking, it was Marcus Smart for Kristaps Porzingis. Now, Marcus Smart has been in and out of the Memphis lineup since he joined them. He's had uh, a couple of injury issues, as he is going through right now. And Kristaps Porzingis uh, could be named to the All-Star team this week. So I think the Celtics uh, won that deal. I thought they won it the moment they made it. I, I, was, I have to admit, not... Uh, I was never a big fan of Marcus Smart. I mean, he might be the nicest guy in the world. I don't know. I I just I I was just not thrilled with his shot selection. Listen, he hustled. He hustled his rear end off. There's no no doubt about that, and I have no question that he did that and played hard. Shot selection, uh, offense. Uh, you know, if he took the ball to the hoop, he was fine. When I mean, he throws up wild three pointers all the time. It's crazy. I think it hurt the team. I was happy to see him traded, and I'm glad he came back. I'm glad he got the tribute video last night at the TD Garden. 
crowd gave him a, uh, a great ovation, a great ovation. And if I was there, which I wasn't, I would have done the same thing. Uh, but uh, I, I'm glad to see that uh, he, he is no longer our problem. Uh, and it might, uh, might, he might be traded. Uh, deadline is coming up this Wednesday in the NBA trading deadline. And there are rumors that uh, Marcus Smart could be on the move out of Memphis. We'll see. But anyway, I'm glad they sent him off, uh, you know, a, a, like they did. Celtics are always very classy about those video tributes when a former player comes back. And, uh, you know, I'm glad they did it. He, he made contributions to the team. Uh, but I, I honestly think uh, from an athletic perspective and a results perspective, they are better off without him. And I've felt that way for well, probably the last eight years or so. And they finally pulled the trigger. Celtics won last night by 40 points over a uh, really depleted, very depleted Memphis team. Not only is Marcus Smart on the sidelines, but John ja Morant, who missed the first 25 games of the year due to a suspension for uh, showing a gun on, I guess, TikTok videos, some internet platform. I think it was TikTok. Uh, he was showing uh, himself, uh, you know, holding up a gun, waving a gun uh, uh, around some friends of his. And uh, he was, uh, it was, it was activity inappropriate as far as the NBA was concerned. And, and really, uh, you know, it, I, I agree. I agree with that, uh, that suspension of 25 games because, you know, you've got a lot of kids admiring these uh, NBA stars, as I once did as a youngster. But uh, it was just inappropriate uh, behavior. No need to post himself, you know, you know, having a gun and uh, displaying it on, on social media. I mean, he can have a gun if he wants. Just don't publicize it and don't make it seem like it's you know, uh, glamorous and that, uh, you know, his life revolves around a pistol. So anyway, so Jar Morant missed the first 25 games. I came back, played around 12, I believe 12 games, and now he's out with another injury for the rest of the year. Another guy who might be uh, out for the rest of the year, Philadelphia 76ers star and... Uh, reigning NBA MVP, Joel Embiid. He will undergo a near, uh, knee procedure uh, this week and could be lost to the 76ers for the rest of the season, which is too bad for them. Uh, Embiid is uh, currently leading the NBA in scoring 35.3 points per game. So a tough blow for him and the 76ers. Grammys last night. Did you get a chance to uh, watch the Grammys? Did you have any interest uh, in the Grammys? I saw bits and pieces of it. And, you know, Taylor Swift, uh, she got the album uh, of the year. And uh, Taylor, uh, for weeks, this is now from, from AP, has been scrutinized over her travel in private jets and uh, that's been, you know, kind of bubbling up on social media with people pointing out the planet warming emissions of carbon dioxide released with every flight. The uh, megastar, meaning Taylor Swift, 
of course, is dating Kansas City's Chiefs tight end, Travis Kelsey, who will be in the Super Bowl uh, this coming Sunday. The growing romance between the couple has been uh, closely watched. Oh, yes, it certainly has. With Swift showing up at several games, which has meant travel on private jets. The chatter got even louder the last few days after the Chiefs uh, Chiefs beat the Baltimore Ravens on uh, last Sunday, uh, sending them to the Super Bowl in Vegas this coming Sunday. And uh, Swift is going to be in Tokyo the day before Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. So that means more carbon dioxide emissions. Now, if she attends the Super Bowl, which she probably will, She'll be traveling from Tokyo, where she's on tour. That will mean more than 19,400 miles by private jet in just under two weeks to get to see Travis Kelsey play football in person. It says, uh, while exact carbon emissions depend on many factors such as flight paths and number of passengers, a rough estimate is possible, said Gregory Keolian, who's a co-director for the Center of Sustainable Systems at the University of Michigan, uh, traveling 19,400 miles on a uh, Dassault Falcon 900LX, one of Swift jets, Taylor Swift's jets, could release more than 200,000 pounds of carbon dioxide emissions, he said. That would mean about 14 times as much as the average American household emits in a year, according to data from the U.S. Energy Information Administration. So at any rate, there's controversy swirling there, but you can bet your bottom dollar that Taylor Swift will make it to Vegas from Tokyo in time for Super Bowl 58. We'll take a break, and then John Leahy, Hockey East guru, will be joining us right here on Kale & Company Live, WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental with individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. John Leahy, right around the corner, right here, WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. Stay with us. We have returned. It's Kale and Company live on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And also returning to the program is our, our good friend and Hockey East guru, John Leahy. John, good morning to you. And good morning. Hopefully all is well up there in the Granite State. All is great in the Granite State. You know, I like that as a slogan. How about that for a state slogan? All is great in the Granite State. Outstanding. Glad to hear it. I'll have to give you credit, John, uh, <laughs> for inspiring that, that slogan for the uh, the great state of New Hampshire. And a uh, busy weekend for the uh, men's and women's teams in Hockey East, the uh, top collegiate hockey conference in the nation. I don't think many people would challenge that, John, but... 
Uh, you have uh, two of the top teams in the country uh, in uh, in that uh, conference in BU and BC, and both were in action over the weekend. Yes, both were, Ken. And uh, you know what we saw in hockey on the men's side this past weekend was uh, something that we've seen a lot of: the team splitting. Winning one, losing one. That's a testament to how strong the league has been this year. Uh, Northeastern was the team of the week as uh, they won a couple of games. Uh, Merrimack lost both games they played, including one at the Whittemore Center this past Saturday, a 3-1 loss. But uh, uh, BU with a split this week. BC won the only game they played. at Maine, Providence, UConn, UMass, and we mentioned UNH all splitting. And Vermont and, North, and the UMass Lowell, uh, we're idle, but uh, we've got some hot teams in hockey East on the men's side. Ken BC has won five in a row. Northeastern's won four in a row. And uh, as I said, there was there were a lot of splits this weekend, so a lot of good hockey was played. No, no doubt about that. And uh, you were on top of it. I know you did a an exciting game in in Providence on uh, Saturday night between uh, UConn and the Providence Friars. Yeah, UConn won that game two to one after uh, losing five nothing on home ice Friday. Uh, Providence outshot UConn 43-19, to but UConn's penalty kill was the story. They killed off eight out of nine, and uh, Providence had a five-on-three to start the third period as uh, UConn got a major penalty and then a, uh, a minor on top of that. Providence did score on that power play, but uh, UConn was a good pushback, and uh, the Huskies uh, move up in the standings. UConn's in fifth this week start play this morning, but uh, I'll tell you, a lot to look forward to this weekend, starting with the bean pot tonight at the Garden. You you sound like a kid on Christmas morning today, John Leahy, because I know you're excited about what's going to transpire tonight. Yeah, this is one of the most uh, anticipated bean pots that I think we've had in some time. Harvard and Northeastern will kick it off at 5 o'clock, and as I said, Ken, Northeastern's on a nice roll. Uh, they've won four in a row, so uh, that'll be a good matchup against a, a pretty spunky Harvard team. But uh, the one that we're all looking forward to as well is the second game at 8 o'clock when BU and BC uh, will square off at the TD Garden. BC is number one in the pairwise overall. BU is number three. The Terriers lead the Eagles by one point in the Hockey's men's standings. And uh, BC recently swept BU. And the Terriers are going to be out for revenge. The Garden will be rocking tonight. Oh, will it ever? Yeah. Will it ever? And you will be there. I'm excited to be there. I haven't missed, missed a bean pot in several years. and I'm happy to be bringing my wife. This is her first bean pot. And uh, I wanted to say that I had the opportunity to bring her. So she is equally as excited as I am for tonight. Well, and understandably so. I'm just looking right now on uh, Sub, uh, StubHub. And the least expensive ticket that you can procure for tonight's bean pot doubleheader at the uh, TD Garden, the least expensive is $133. And that is not including taxes and fees and what have you. So when it's all said and done, it's probably going to be in the 160, 170 range for a ticket. That's how much in demand. Uh, those seats are going to be tonight. Yeah, and those seats will probably be at the very top of the guard. Exactly. Uh, up, up in the 300 level. And of course, that that doesn't count, account for the uh, parking fees at the garden and, uh, you know, whatnot, and the food as well. So yep. 
if you haven't gotten your ticket now, uh, you're probably, unfortunately, going to have to miss out. But it will be on TV. Yep, you can see both games on Nesson. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, the second round of the Bean Pot is next Monday. And uh, all the games will be covered by Nesson. So uh, you'll you'll be covered if you want to stay home and watch it on TV as well. Yep, there, there you go. So, but it, but there's nothing, and and John, I, I think I told you that uh, I I went to a, a few bean pots at the old Boston Garden before uh, now the TD Garden came along, and uh, the atmosphere was terrific. And I know the atmosphere has not changed. It's still a, uh, a you know when, when that garden is loud. I mean, it's one of the loudest buildings in in any professional sport. It really yeah, is. It really Yeah, and, and the Bean Pod, Ken, is a very unique experience because you have all the student sections from all the four teams that yeah, show up. Yeah, And you also have the band. Right, yeah. Too. So uh, it's an unmatched collegiate atmosphere. It is. It is. I mean, uh, where, where do you see that? I mean, you, you, like you say, student sections, uh, four student sections, the four bands, and uh, it, it just makes for a, a terrific night. So if you missed out on tickets uh, this time around, uh, you know, make your plans uh, for, for next year because the bean pot, if you, if you love hockey, especially on the collegiate level, uh, you know, that, uh, that is certainly a, a showcase that uh, you do not want to miss. John, what about the, the women's side of, uh, of Hockey East? Well, there were some teams, Ken, that have some, had some uh, pretty decent weekends. Uh, Northeastern continues to play extremely well. The Huskies have won seven straight, and they had a sweep of uh, UNH uh, this past weekend. They played Thursday at the Whittemore Center, Northeastern winning it in overtime, and then they won Saturday back at Matthews Arena. So a little bit of a homecoming for Dave Flint. Uh, he had a chance to come home, and uh, Northeastern, was able to get the job done. Uh, Vermont and Merrimack had great weekends. Merrimack went up to Orono Arena in, uh, uh, sorry, Alphond Arena in Orono, Maine, and uh, they swept the Maine Black Bears. A very difficult place to win. Uh, Vermont uh, swept Holy Cross, so the Catamounts are trying to right the ship a little bit here. And uh, UConn is the uh, top dog, no pun intended, in uh, hockey East. I Austin. think there was, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> UConn has 45 points. Uh, they had a 1-0 in one week. And uh, Boston College split. Providence with a loss in the tie. BU split. And uh, Maine and Holy Cross uh, losing both their games. So uh, on the women's side, got a great race. Uh, UConn, two points ahead of BC. Northeastern, of course, making their presence felt with 40 points. Providence uh, is uh, right there in fourth with 35. UNH uh, with 34 points. And uh, BU with 30, and then you've got Vermont, Merrimack, Maine, and Holy Cross. So a terrific race on the women's side, and uh, some more exciting games coming up this weekend. And as we mentioned, uh, after a rather slow start by their standards anyway, Northeastern has uh, come alive, as you mentioned, two uh, wins this weekend over UNH for Dave Flint's team. And uh, uh, they will, you know, John, they will always be there at the end. Yeah, I mean, if you take a look at Northeastern historically on the women's side, they seem to get stronger as the season goes on. Uh, we talked to Dave Flint a couple of times this year when Northeastern came to Merrimack, and Dave mentioned to us that uh, I think in the first half of the season, Northeastern was trying to establish their identity as a team with all the uh, losses they had from last year. But sure. the, the Huskies seem to have settled in, and uh, they're 
they're all in. And uh, Dave Flint has that team playing uh, very well, and they're only five points out of the lead uh, in hockey. There was one other series, by the way, on the men's side that I wanted to highlight aside from the bean pot. It's two games coming up this weekend in Maine between Providence and Maine. Uh, this is a matchup of two teams that have been playing extremely well. Maine and Providence are only separated by two points in the standings. But, Ken, as you know, Alphonse Arena is uh, one of the best arenas to play hockey in in terms of uh, fan atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Providence and Maine are going to play this weekend. That is a series that is really going to be fun. You know, I have to confess, uh, confess John, that uh, I have not seen a University of Maine hockey game at Alphonse Arena. I saw a few Portland Pirates American Hockey League games that they that they moved there over the years when they were playing the Manchester Monarchs, and the atmosphere for those was electric. I can only imagine, only imagine what it's like when the UMass, uh, the UMaine, I should say, the UMaine Black Bears are playing on their home ice at uh, Alphonse Arena. So that should be an amazing weekend of uh, of college hockey between those two teams. Yes, indeed, Ken. And uh, all the folks of those two programs are looking forward to it. And, John, I hope you enjoyed uh, World Ukulele Day last Friday. I know every day for you is World Ukulele Day. So, But uh, we, we played a little snippet of uh, one of your performances uh, recently here in New Hampshire. And you shall return on April 3rd, correct? Absolutely looking forward to it, and I have to thank you for the shout-out, Ken. It was uh, it was wonderful to play up there, and, and I'm very excited to uh, make the trek north again on April 3rd. It's going to be a great time. All right. John Leahy, our Hockey East guru. John, uh, have fun tonight with your lovely wife, and uh, enjoy the bean pot. I know you will. Ken, I appreciate it very much. I look forward to speaking with you next week. All right. John Leahy, Hockey East Guru's been around uh, hockey's battles for many, many years as voice of the Merrimack College Warriors. We'll take a break and then be joined by Dustin Dunbar. The book is You're Doing Great and Other Lies Alcohol Told Me. Right after we take a brief pause for these messages, Kale and Company Live presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stand by for more. Welcome back, Kale and Company Live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. Great to have you along with us on this Monday. And we are being joined by Dustin Dunbar. And uh, Dustin is the author of a new book entitled, You're Doing Great and Other Lies Alcohol Told Me. And Dustin, uh, thanks for getting up early this morning to join us. Yeah, thanks. Happy Monday Fun Day. Let's do it. Yeah, Monday Fun Day. That that is so true. Uh, tell, give us a little bit of your background, Dustin. Where you uh, grew up and and what kind of a, a childhood you had. Yeah, I grew up in the Midwest, and it was one of those you know Puritan work farm ethic kind of things where it was a pretty tough kind of life, and uh, had to show my manhood and stuff like that with with being a man and. Uh, Drinking and being the whole alcohol culture was definitely part of that, and so that's that's where it was. And I watched my father, you know, abuse my mother, and vowed I would never drink alcohol ever 
at about age six, seven. And then, of course, peer pressures, teenage years, and just wanting to be part of the boys and uh, hang out with the cute girls who have beers in their hands. I started drinking myself. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just kept going until I got addicted myself later in life, slow drip with an addictive substance. At, one, at any point, at some point, once you consume enough of it, you're going to get addicted. And that's what happened to me as well. Just reading from uh, the uh, the back cover of, of your book, uh, Drink Me, Your Life Will Have Less Pain. Drink Me, You Will Have More Friends, More Fun, More Sex. Drink Me, You Will Be Funnier. Drink Me, People Will Like You More. Those Those are lies, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we've been brainwashed. We came into this world with what Carl Jung talks about, the collective unconscious. And it is because tens of thousands of years of us, the only painkiller on this planet has been alcohol. And we have used it so many times whenever we've had any kind of psychological or physical pain. Uh, up until only about 200 years ago, was there any other kind of substance that was readily available? And so we came into this world believing already that it benefits us in some way. And then we get barraged by five ass per day by big alcohol, saying how much fun it is, how much sexier you'll be. You can't really have a party without it. Uh, you watch every uh, adult in your life, basically, even priests and you know doctors are drinking it. They think it's the forbidden fruit. Uh, all this stuff barrages consciousness. And you just believe that it's the elixir of life. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, science now has come out with all these CT scans and showing exactly what's happening with the brain and how everybody will get addicted at some point if once enough is consumed. And that is what I, the book is really all about, is just really letting the public know that you cannot handle your alcohol. It doesn't matter who you are, what country you're from, you know, your, your background, your genetic makeup, anything like that. This is a scientific fact now that it causes cancer and 200 other diseases, and it is 100%. What, when would you say that your, your dependency uh, on alcohol began? Um, well, I used it as a crutch un, unconsciously because of my, you know, childhood. I, you know, had tons of abandonment fears, and I didn't know this until about four years ago. Whenever I stopped drinking, those fears really surfaced because I was masking that unconscious pain with this, you know, suppressant, this this drug, and it was pushing that down. And and now then I was able to really take a good hard look at myself in the mirror and say, "Wow, you have been doing this because you've been in uh, anxiety and pain, and and you didn't feel safe in this world because of your childhood." And once I removed it, I was like, I was able to deal with it and be healthy. It was two years of personal development. I did all kinds of, you know, private therapy, group therapy, uh, and it was just a really beautiful thing. And now I am an alcohol-free, joyous man. I am definitely not an alcoholic. I do not crave alcohol whatsoever. I think it's disgusting. Just like a two-pack-a-day cigarette smoker. Uh, that used to do that now looks back and says, oh, my gosh, I was so brainwashed, a slap in their forehead. Stuff causes cancer. It made me stink. It uh, is just gross in, in, in all kinds of ways, right? We know now we've had our cigarette moment with our consciousness, and now we're having our alcohol moment 
with our consciousness where we're waking up going, oh my gosh, paid all that money to drink ethanol. Ethanol is the scientific word for alcohol. It's the yep. same exact thing. We're, we're just putting poison in our bodies, and we're waking up from it, and it's great to see people do that. When you think of it that way, uh, Dustin, it, it does sound disgusting, doesn't it? <laughs> we're putting, yeah. Well, same thing we're putting in the uh, you know our, our, our gas tanks, you know? We're putting ethanol into our bodies. Exactly. It's yeah. car fuel, and it's, it's rotten fruit and vegetables is what ethanol and alcohol is. And it's so funny. I got friends, you know, in Oklahoma with big trucks, and they're like $80,000 trucks. They'll pull up to the gas tank, and they're like, not putting any ethanol in my motor, nah. you know, whenever it's a 10%, 10% whatever. Yep. Later that night, you know, we're hanging out, and they're drinking 40% ethanol whiskey. And I'm like, you're putting in soft tissue in your brain, you're putting ethanol, 40% right now in there and, and you would earlier and they're like oh my gosh am i really i'm like yes it's so it's just a consciousness awakening that we're having and, and and just saying look here's what you're doing stop poisoning yourself oh, absolutely and uh, as you well know it, it takes a, a major toll on virtually uh, every aspect uh, of our life uh you know when you're alcohol dependent yeah absolutely and, and there's different levels of uh, alcohol addiction that I really get into in the book. And, the, you know, don't be fooled by people over there, you know, in France and Spain and Italy. And, oh, they drink wine once a night and it's all, it's all fine. They have, they have, they're fine. No, they're not. They are addicted to alcohol. They might look really nice and luxurious having their beautiful glass of wine with Bordeaux by the fireplace, you know, in French countryside. I've lived in Spain. I've lived in Italy. I've experienced that. I've, I've, uh, I've engaged to an Italian woman and it's very much that is 13 percent ethanol in there they are addicted to it they're doing it nightly if you saw somebody smoking cigarettes nightly doing that would you say they're addicted to cigarettes you say absolutely yes so it's hurting their body it's hurting their skin it's causing cancer it's doing all kinds of harm the next day i watch them they don't want to work out they smoke cigarettes like crazy they eat bad food and it's just this downward spiral and I looked incredible whenever I was up in, you know, first class, flying around with CEOs doing sales and having my highball, you know, whiskey on ice. Meanwhile, that's 40% ethanol in there that I'm poisoning myself with. So, yeah, I might look have looked really cool. So did the Marlboro Man, right? He looked really cool up on his horse oh, yeah. smoking his cigarette. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he looked cool, didn't he? And, and we, we know what happened to him. Dead of cancer and big tobacco tried to cover it up and that's exactly what big alcohol is trying to do right now with all of the science that's coming out about alcohol causing seven different types of cancer and just two glasses per week causes a 15 percent increase in breast cancer that's just two glasses a week i'm not saying two glasses a day two glasses a week so this science is just screaming at the mountaintops like stop poisoning ourselves but uh, it, it is tempting. Uh, you know, we are inundated daily, uh, almost hourly, by advertisers of alcoholic beverages, always uh, seeming to depict that consuming these beverages will lead to a much more enjoyable and fulfilling life. But you're here to tell us not so. Yeah, big alcohol advertising is a gene. They're geniuses. They are at, at brainwashing people and they use they start at birth you know at childhood whenever i was a kid watching the the budweiser frogs you know budweiser you know and they're having fun on the stumps yep uh guinness toucan uh, you look at it and it's it's cereal boxes toucans are everywhere and then also guinness you know beer toucans i mean there's it's just it's so in your face from birth and then 
as you get a little older and you're watching, you're a teenager and you're watching Crown Royal Apple now on on these ads and it's dripping apple juice basically from the heaven is this this ad and it's showing these Caribbean you know scene with dancing and gorgeous bikini bodies and tan and, and the DJs playing. And you're looking at that going, that's 40% ethanol in that uh, Crown Royal apple juice, you know, and kids are watching this and it's just got to stop. And so alcohol-free revolution is, that's a big part of what we do is uh, we are getting alcohol advertising banned. So if anybody wants to help out and do that, uh, just not go to wearetheafr.org and sign up for banning alcohol advertising. Our guest is Dustin Dunbar, and Dustin has uh, written a new book that's been on the market for a little while. You're doing great, and other lies alcohol told me. And uh, Dustin, uh, stay with us, and uh, we will be right back. Have to take a quick break. It is Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stand by and... We'll be back with more. Chat more with uh, Dennis Dunbar right here on this Monday morning on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are back, Kale and Company live here on WKXL and htalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We have Dustin Dunbar with us, who is the author of You're Doing Great and Other Lies Alcohol Told Me. And uh, Dustin, how long has the book been out? Uh, January 9th is when it came out, and it's available at all different bookstores and online. Very good. And... Uh, uh, just reading a little bit of your background, in, in 2009, uh, you were handpicked by Ryan Seacrest for L.A. Shrink and uh, another production company, Dallas Life Coach, where uh, you were the shrink and the life coach on these pilots. Uh, and uh, after drinking moderately, responsibly, and socially for 20 years, uh, you too became addicted. And you, and you were hosting these shows. Yeah, exactly. So my, I'm, I'm one of those very high-functioning, you know, people who got addicted. And that's the earlier I was talking about the levels of addiction. There's mild, medium, and severe. And so 90% of people who are addicted to alcohol are in the mild to medium level. And there's only 10% who are in that severe level who, you know, we think of people who are reaching under the sink, grabbing the plastic bottle of vodka before they start the day. And, you know, just having it pretty much throughout the day, and they're, they're just in it, right? Well, we've all seen those uncles and people, and we're like, oh, no, well, that's, that's not me. That can't be me. That is you, and it will be you if you do not uh, really, really watch out with this addictive substance. And all of those people started in the mild to medium levels, and then they kept going, and that's when they got into that, that really horrible part. So, yeah, high-functioning, very high-functioning, and, you know, trying to uh, get through it, too, and, and partying during that and trying to counsel people. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's just such an addictive substance. It's so difficult when your consciousness thinks that it benefits you and that you're having the, having the time of your life, you know, flying around in uh, first class 
and you, it, it's just all a big illusion and, and you're poisoning yourself. I felt terrible the next day, you know, after partying at night with uh, those shows. I'd go in and try to, you know, talk to Kanye West's girlfriend about uh, partying and things. It was just a, a really wild time. Yeah. When, when did you hit rock bottom? I don't, you know, it's so funny because people ask me that a lot. And like I said, I didn't have that because I was mild to medium. I had really bad experiences. Everybody does such stupid things whenever they're drinking alcohol because it suppresses the nervous system and the brain. And you just are basically, you're not yourself. You're not in your right mind at all. And I, I had difficult times that just led up to me going, what the heck am I doing? This stuff is absolute poison. I don't feel like working out. I've gained 20 pounds. I, I don't get off the couch. I eat fried food. I'm, I'm just I'm just living a terrible, like, blah, gross life. My skin looks terrible. It's, like, it's terrible. All this stuff. Then I just stopped drinking. I started doing, you know, the, the one-month type thing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting this poison out. I feel so great. What is this? This is like, you know, Jesus talks about whenever we need to have the consciousness of like a child to enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's what I started feeling. I started feeling this joy pop up and bubble up. Like I was like a five-year-old just dan- wanting to get up, wanting to work out, wanting to dance, wanting to sing everywhere, just having fun with my kids, eating fresh food. And I was like, and I did a few that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta get this stuff way out of my system. And, but yeah, I did have my terrible moments uh, as well, and they're all in the book. I'm very vulnerable about those. Yep, you uh, outline that uh, very specifically. And uh, is it is, is it a must for someone be, before they uh, start the recovery process? Is it a must that they they have to hit rock bottom, or or can they you know perhaps uh, you know catch themselves before they get to that point? Yeah, that's the whole point of this book and and the new science that is coming out. This stuff is 100% addictive, and it is poison. It's toxic. It causes cancer. You do not have to do this anymore. Just stop right now. This stuff, if I told you milk was 100% addictive and caused cancer and all these other things. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned that uh, you know it caused you to put on uh, weight and and be lethargic and uh, and you were were quite an athlete at one time. Yeah, yeah, I did college uh, basketball and then I played some rugby over in Europe and I watched all those guys rugby. The you know alcohol is just a huge part of playing rugby and I watched all those guys get addicted to it. There's not the biggest, baddest, tattooed, bald-headed rugby guy out there that can handle their alcohol. <laughs> you know, so don't think that you can as well, I promise you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what uh, what what made you write the book? Why, why did you want to share all these experiences with, with everyone? Uh, it's just because of my whole background and everything, but my daughters, I was watching them grow up. They're 9 and 11 now, and when I started writing the book, they were about 6 years old, and I didn't want them to go through what I did and just, I wanted to unbrainwash them and let them know the story of the background. And just, I wanted to get into the science of it. And it was really about helping them. And it's so beautiful to watch them. You know, now they're, they're, they, uh, the 11 year old saw a beer can the other day with her friend. And she's like, Oh my gosh, did you know that that causes seven types of cancer? And I was just like, Oh my God, that's so amazing. I was like, here it is. This is happening. We're we're uh, spreading the the truth 
about alcohol and ethanol and what it is. And the the younger generation is it's they're going to be like they're going to look at us old people and they'll be like, you guys used to sit around in bars and drink ethanol and pay for it, <laughs> you know, like same thing as cigarettes. But you used to you used to pay all that and sit around inside and smoke cigarettes. Now we think that's crazy, right? Yeah, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm glad your daughters are, are learning their lessons at a at a very uh, early age. You know, when you were at, at your worst point, uh, Dustin, what what were you consuming uh, daily in terms of uh, you know alcohol content? Yeah, I was doing or, that or ethanol moderate. content, I should say. Yeah, ethanol, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was doing the moderate, social, responsible drinking. Still, even at my worst, I was doing you know two glasses of wine a night and maybe a beer. Something like that. Nothing crazy on the weekends. I would do more, and that's just your what we all think of is like, oh yeah, there. You know, he's at the game. He's having you know more beers and everything like that. And so it was. But like I said, it was still like unconscious, just drinking. I started to crave it. My body started to crave it, and I started believing that I needed it to have fun at social events and things like that. So if you are out there and you are starting, your body's starting to be like, oh, in the evening I need to take the edge off. Uh, I need to, you know, I, I feel like I need to have it at weddings to, to relax and be social or, you know, for confidence, anything like that. You are addicted to alcohol and you've got to get out of denial before it gets more severe. If you're doing any kind of dry January, we just came out of January. And if you're doing anything like that, people who don't have drinking issues don't do dry January. So just know you're... You're in that low level of addiction if you're trying those things. If you are trying, if you just tried dry January and you didn't make it, you are addicted to alcohol, being in denial. And that's what we're here for, the alcohol-free revolution. Uh, we are the AFR.org. is free coaching that I've set up. It's all nonprofit. I didn't have a place whenever I, you know, felt I did. AA did not resonate for me at all. And I don't believe in alcoholics. And so I, I created this, and we are alcohol-free joyous people who do not, uh, who all see ethanol as disgusting, just like, you know, we do cigarettes and, and that is a cure. You're not an alcoholic. You're cured. You're alcohol free and you're joyous. We are the ARF.org nonprofit online community, helping others with the alcohol addiction. Uh, we are the ARF.org is the, uh, the website and, uh, you uh, we, we are we are the AFR 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 I'm sorry AFR free beg your pardon I, no problem and uh, and so at any rate did you have to replace the alcohol with anything in, in your life I mean did you you know uh, uh, drink more of something else that was non that uh, didn't have ethanol in it uh, how did you how did you do that. Yeah, the beautiful thing about becoming alcohol-free now is, you know, nine, ten years ago, people didn't have great, you know, beers, alcohol-free beers or wine, or even now there's tequila, there's gin, there's whiskey. Everything you want, there's champagne, is out there. I was just at BevMo. I just did a social media uh, post, and it was doing four types of non-alcoholic whiskey. And this stuff, you're, it's amazing. You're sitting around, you're, I'm with my dog, it's like cold, and I'm by the fireplace, I'm having this whiskey on ice. There's no ethanol in it. It tastes the same. It's beautiful. And the same thing, and you're just like, I'm making my margaritas with my alcohol-free tequila. I'm living my life exactly <laughs> like I would. Right? The same IPAs, beautiful athletic you know, beer IPAs. And you just do the same thing. You just remove the ethanol, remove the poison. Don't get cancer. 
Remove the ethanol, folks. That's the key. And again, uh, the website, if you want more information, we are the AFR.org. We are the AFR.org. Dustin's book is called You're Doing Great and Other Lies Alcohol Told Me. Dustin Dunbar, thank you very much for being on the show this morning, getting up early out on the West Coast to do so. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you as well, Dustin. And that'll do it for this edition of Kale and Company Live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And remember, folks, to always look on the bright side of life. Have a great Monday, everybody.